Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Well, we have been in a series that the theme is Church on Fire. We've been studying the seven churches of Revelation because they teach us that no matter what you face, no matter what problem you face, there's an answer, there's a promise, amen, and I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of a church on fire. Hallelujah. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Revelation chapter 2. The Bible said, Under the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her a space to repent of her fornication. She repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Except they repent of their deeds and I will kill her children with death. And the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already that that ye have already, excuse me, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Devil's getting mad. He's going to be very upset at this lesson today. We're going to stir up some stuff today. And if I have to squeak through it, I'll squeak through it. If I lose my voice, I'll call Bishop to come up and preach my notes. Praise God. I'm all right. Turn to somebody and say, Pastor's all right. 
Verse 25. Let's, let's do verse 25. But that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. I will give him the morning star, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith of the churches. Oh, Heavenly Father, we love you today, and we stand in need of your help today. Oh, God, for this assignment, Lord Jesus, to be addressed and, and ministered on, oh, God, we pray, Father, that you would have your way, Lord, and that you would speak to us, God, in this lesson, spiritual principles, kingdom principles for life, for victory, and we are determined in this hour to overcome the spirit of Jezebel, to overcome everything that is associated with it. In the precious name of Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Let everybody say amen. amen. You can be seated today. In our study on Church on Fire, our primary focus is found in the letters that Jesus wrote to these seven churches that were in Asia. He's writing to them. They have struggles. They have problems. They have issues. And that reminds us that the church is not perfect. If you want to go find a perfect church, don't go there. Because you'll ruin it. <clears throat> but he also tells us that you can overcome that's the key. The ultimate thing is overcome your problems, overcome your mess, overcome the issues. We learned that Ephesus had a problem with spiritual intimacy. They were busy. They were working. But the, their romance with the Lord was dead. They did spiritual things, but their first love was absent. Overcomers in Ephesus get their first love back, and then they can go and do ministry. To the letter to Smyrna, it taught that there is suffering, severe suffering, can happen even to God's people. Pain can come into your life. There can be all kinds of hurt that come your way, but know this, God is faithful. Somebody say, he is faithful. He's faithful. To the church of Pergamum, we learned the last letter is that uh, uh, they were faithful in some areas, but they compromised in others. Jesus reminded them and us that he is the sharp sword with two edges, which means he's the authority. He is the authority. This world is not the authority. Politics is not the authority. As we learn, neither is religion the authority or education, but he is the authority. Amen. He is the means of absolute power. And if we overcome, as the promise was to Pergamos, was that we would have the hidden manna. God's got something special for us, uh, hidden in our new name that he would provide for us. Now we come to the letter to the fourth church, to the letter of the church of Thyatira. Jesus, I want you to know this, please keep this in mind. Jesus cares what happens in a local church. That's what we learn. 
Jesus cares what happens in a local church. An organization helps a local church do its job. An organization is great, but God's focus is sometimes lost when we don't see that he watches what a local congregation does. He knows what a local congregation's issues and problems are. We are his church, we bear his name, and he wants us to carry his light. For the seven churches all were lampstands, and their job was to carry the light. And if we are not appropriate lampstands, then we are not qualified to carry the light. He is saying to each church, if you don't get this straight, I'm going to remove one of them. He said, I'll take you out. I brought you in. I mean, her mama say that. I brought you in. And I can take you out. We are the church that bear his name and we also carry his light. God wants his church to overcome. God wants you to overcome. He wants the best for you. Amen. He wants us to be the best lampstand in a dark world. He wants us to shine so that his glory is displayed. Amen. It's about the Alpha and Omega. It is about the one that stands in the midst of the seven candlesticks. The glory is not to the church because the church just simply holds up or reflects the glory. And so Jesus says, I want you to hold my light to its best ability. That's why he wants us living right, doing right, and obeying his word is because we have a job to be a lampstand in this culture that we're living in. He's the central figure of the church. He's the head. When we look at Thyatira, let 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 me cover some history so you know about Thyatira. History does not give us a lot of information about this town. As a matter of fact, there's only just a few blocks of of, of it still standing in the middle of a Kaser, which is a city in Turkey. The modern city was just built up over Thyatira. When you look at the, the churches, Ephesus was located with mountains and sea. Smyrna had a major port. Pergamum had high hills to protect it. Thyatira was situated on a plain some 30 miles from Pergamum. In the history of Thyatira, you can find out a lot by the ancient coins that they have uncovered. Thyatira at one time was a very important military outpost, for it guarded the way to the capital city of Pergamum from the east. For generations, it was the front line in defending the rulers and the government around them. The fortified outpost became a thriving business community once Rome arrived and conquered the area. Thyatira was the city of craftsmen. Thyatira was a city of tradespeople. You and I would identify with the blue-collar culture of Thyatira. Archaeologists have uncovered coins that show that period with inscriptions on the coins that mention workers in wood, linen, leather, bronze, and pottery. There were tanners and uh, bankers there and bakers. and, and, And one of the main industries of Thyatira was the dyeing of fabric. For there was something in that area that they could dye a fabric 
purple. In Acts chapter 16, you remember the apostle Paul and his missionary companions encountered some women praying at the river outside of Philippi. And there was a woman there. Anybody remember her name? Lydia. Lydia was her name, and she was a seller of purple. And she was, according to verse 13 and 15, from the city of Thyatira. It's the only other place that this is mentioned. But Lydia is a wealthy lady, a business lady from the city of Thyatira, and she receives the gospel of Paul. She is baptized and her household. Thanks be to God. The blue-collar business operated within what was known as trade guilds, or we would call them unions. They were a cross between a labor union and mobster. Jimmy Hoffman, all that kind of stuff. And, and I know back in the day, it was nothing, very similar to our American culture where unions were just nothing but an extension of the mob. If you were going to be a member of these craftsmen guilds and these workers guilds, you had to abide by the standards and rules they created. They had daily work quotas that you had to follow, monthly meetings that you had to be a part of, rules for personal life, rules for religious life. Each guild was attached to a God that they worship. And if you were a part of the union, you had to worship that God. These unions were incredibly powerful because they could determine who's hired and who is fired. They can determine who's protected and who is not. If you cross them, good luck for you. You may not have another job. They were a powerful part of the craftsmanship at Thyatar. In Thyatar, like the other places, there were pagan temples that dotted the landscape of the city. They worshipped the ancient Lydian sun god, Tyrimenus. The Greek called him Apollo. He was, they were the same God, the God of music and the God of sun. And this was the main God that the guilds worship. Apollo was said to be the son of Zeus, which made him to be worshipped as the son of God. At their temples, they would play games. And they would have orgies. And they would have all kinds of parties. And they would have all kinds of things that they called worship. Can I just stop and tell you today what is happening in our culture, the over-influence over and the overt influence of perversion and sexual practice is not just a freedom I want to do my own thing. It's a worship. It's the worship of the God that they have created a temple for, and it's called self. I want to do my way. I want to have my own I, I want to have my own feel. And the reason a lot of people are so up in arms, can I just talk to you plain today? Is that all right? The reason a lot of people are up in arms over the political change or the, the law change of abortion is because they don't have the, the quick access to, to try to stop the consequence of sex that they had in their life that, that they probably shouldn't have had. You know, we, we talk about what's well, my body. Your body means you shouldn't sleep with that person and get pregnant by them so you can go on your life and then kill that baby. It's a worship. 
hear your pastor today. It's a worship as much as it was in that day. Oh, I know there's not buildings of stone and everything like that. I know there's not God names mentioned, but today it is. I want to do my thing, and don't you tell me what to do about it. Anybody ever heard of the guy that made my, my pillow? Anybody got a my pillow? There's a few sanctified folks. Do you know what? Because of his beliefs, he is not, his pillows are no longer sold at the big box stores. Because of his beliefs. If you don't align with our thinking, if you don't align with what we believe to be right, if you're an actor or an actress and you have a different opinion of what the normal flow of culture is going right now, here's what we'll do. We'll fire you. This isn't the first time that this kind of junk has been going on in the world. It was going on in Thyatira. And that was the squeeze that says, if you don't make a cake for us, we'll shut you down. What does that sound like? That sounds like what happens later on in Revelation where it says if you don't have the mark, you'll neither buy nor sell. I thank the Lord today. But they worship these gods. The main one was Apollo, Zeus, who was worshipped as the son of God because Zeus was the big god. We find that there were other temples at Thyatira that were dotting the landscape, but Apollo was the main one. Commerce and trade work was was attached to this worship. Amen. We find the culture of Thyatira was very similar to Pergamum in that as Pergamum did it, they pressured you in the area of politics, religion, and education. The spiritual attack against the church at Thyatira was about economy and community. We will excommunicate you. We will kick you out. You can't be a part of our our in crowd. You can't be a part of what is going on if you don't. You either fit in with us, believe like us, participate in the practices that we do, or we're going to make it hard for you to live. That was the church at Thyatira. That's what they're living in. And here's what Jesus said. Here's what he said to the pastor, to the angel of church of Thyatira. These things rife, saith the Son of God. He does not mince words. He hits right at the point. Because the church at Thyatira would automatically known what he was talking about. Because the main God that was worshipped was Apollo, who was called the Son of God. And what he is saying is that I'm the Son of God. Not Apollo. I am the true son of God. And to further accentuate what Jesus is determining, he went on to say, who has his, his eyes are like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. He said, I am the son of God. I am he. In Scripture, if you find in the New Testament the reference to Son of Man, that has to do with His uh, humanity. But wherever you find Son of God, reference to Jesus, uh, that has to do with His deity. In this revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, He is saying, I am the Son of God, not Apollo. But He is also bringing and revealing His deity to them. In the Jewish thought, if a Jew had read the statement or heard the statement, eyes like fire, 
and feet like brass, they would immediately went to the book of Daniel because Daniel calls the ancient of days, Yahweh, the Lord of glory, God of the Old Testament, calls him and says that he has eyes like fire and feet like brass. And when Jesus said, I've got eyes like fire and feet like brass, a Hebrew would have known. He is saying, I am the God of the Old Testament. I am the Son of God in the New Testament, but I'm also the God of the Old Testament. Woo! Hallelujah. In Jewish thought, to be a son of anything meant you had the nature of that thing. Isaiah writes that the sons of sorceress have the nature of the sorceress. 57 and 3. The sons of thunder, Mark 3 and 12, have the nature like thunder. So the Son of God has and is the divine nature of God. And he said, I am the one that can take care of a Paul. He said, I got eyes like fire. What does that mean? He sees everything. You may hide it from your family. You may hide it from your pastor. You may hide it from everybody. It may be just in the recesses of your heart. But God said, I see everything. I see everything. And then my feet are like brass. Wherever you see brass in Scripture, you will find that brass means judgment. Judgment. He said, I seize all, I see all, and I can judge all. It doesn't matter what Thyatira is doing. It doesn't matter what Jezebel is doing. It doesn't matter what the Nicolaitans are doing. I see all, and I will judge all. It may look like they're getting away with it, but they're not. He says to them and gives them accommodation in verse 19. I know that works. And charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works. He gives their works a double whammy on the front and the end. And he says, and the last is more than the first. Like the other churches before, Jesus knew what they were doing. He knew where they are, and he commends them for their core values. They had the value of charity. They were a loving and affectionate church. They had the value of service. They were carrying out that love in acts of kindness and compassion. Amen. This word service is the same word for where we get the word deacon. They were serving others. They were helping others. Man, that's a good quality, isn't it? Faith. How about faith? Is faith a good quality? They had strong belief system. They had strong faith. Amen. And they also had patience. They had steadfast endurance. They had the power to withstand hardship. Amen. And they had an inward fortitude about them. That's a good quality. That is a good quality. Their works. Amen. They didn't just speak about love. They did love. They didn't just speak about service. They did service. They didn't just talk about faith. They did faith. Amen. They didn't talk about patience. You could see it before them. Amen. They were constantly improving these qualities because Jesus said, and the last be more than the first. This is a good church. This is a loving church. This is a church of faith. This is a church that has service. They're serving their community. They're helping their community. Amen. But then the next verse says, nevertheless. Can I just tell you today, don't judge a church by just its core values. Matter of fact, don't judge a church at all. That's his work. 
We can't judge a church by its size. You don't judge a church by how many people they're feeding and how many people they're clothing and how many people they're taking care of in the homeless shelters. Amen. Because there's, there, 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 there can be a nevertheless. Nevertheless. Can you put that verse up? Verse 20. Jesus deals with the problem now. Nevertheless, I have found a few things against thee. And here's what it is. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something I hope you understand. My heart is for the good of the church. But there are two spirits that are primarily at work. I think they're at the top, at the attack of the church. The first one is the spirit of Jezebel. And the second is the spirit of perversion. And they are partners. They walk hand in hand. It's just not the perversion of sexual acts. It's a perversion of truth. It is the perversion of the original thing because anything that is perverted is not following the original design. If you look at this, you will find that the church at Ephesus had right doctrine but a wrong spirit. The church at Thyatira had a right spirit but wrong doctrine. Both are deadly. Both are dangerous. Today we would call the Ephesus church ultra-conservative. We would also call Thyatira as ultra-liberal. Read Romans 14, amen, where he says both in their extremes are wrong. Hallelujah. There is an issue here with the attitude of how they're carried out there. Yes, they're loving. Yes, they're caring. Yes, they got a lot of good things going on, and they're improving, and they're getting better, but they're, they're also tolerating some things. Tolerating, allowing and they're allowing a woman, perhaps her name is not Jezebel, but her spirit is. Her spirit is. There are two women that are mentioned in Scripture as being connected to Thyatira. One had an open heart to the Word of God. The other was teaching idolatry. One believed and with, uh, had obedience. The other brought immorality to the church. One was named Lydia. And when you study her, she was a worshiper of God. The Bible said that the Lord opened up her heart to receive the word that was preached by Paul. The Bible said she attended to the things which was spoken by Paul. And she was baptized and her house. Baptized and her house. She's wealthy. She has a household that she's taking care of. And she is a woman of character and a woman of conviction. On the other hand, you have Jezebel. Jezebel called herself a prophetess. She taught and practiced immorality. She seduced leaders to commit fornication. And she encouraged the church to participate in idolatry. I want to tell you, for every Jezebel, there is a Lydia. For every Jezebel, there's a Lydia. And I thank God for Lydia's today that can be ladies of God. If you study, and I, 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 I ask the Lord to help me because I'll get off my notes today. 
But if you'll study, Jezebel's prime objective is leadership. And evidently, whoever this woman is, we're going to call her Jezebel because that's what Jesus called her. Whoever this woman is had become a leader in the church. She was working and leading in the church, Jezebel. She had influence. She had skills. She had knowledge. But she also was deadly. Historically, let's talk about Jezebel. When you hear the word Jezebel, do you think of a woman that's all painted up, deep paint? Is that what you think of? Outlandish clothes? Have you ever looked at somebody and said, that is a Jezebel? <clears throat> Jezebel is normally, you know, the, the, the one that's flamboyant in, and also very seductive in their appearance. We say, that's a Jezebel. I don't know that that's the exact correct way to look at it because there's so much more. Ironically, at, at the root, the name of Jezebel means chaste. She sure didn't live up to her name, did she? When you begin to study Jezebel historically, you will find that it's from a Phoenician word in its original that means unhusband, without dwelling, without habitation. Jezebel had no covering. Now, she was married but she was uncovered because she was married to a guy who had no authority, Jezebel. Jezebel's spirit is uncovered and unsubmitted to God's authority. Uncovered and unsubmitted. I heard the definition of submission the other day, and I loved it. Uh, Pastor Raymond Woodward was, was sharing what, the definition was, he said, a submarine means underwater. A submission means under another mission. If you're on your own mission, you're not submitted. But if you're under another's mission, then you are submitted. Whew, put, that, put that back in your, 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 your uh, notepad and think about it later. But Jezebel is uncovered. She watched, historically, you will find that she watched her father, Ethanbal, a high priest of Baal, murder the king of Tyre to get the throne. Her father made an alliance with the king of Israel, so Jezebel entered into an unwanted, unholy relationship with Ahab. She was forced to marry Ahab. She watched dad be a brute. She watched her family be a brute. She did not want to be a part, according to history, of the relationship with Ahab. No doubt uh, Jezebel felt rejection and controlled by her father. Here's the thing that you got to know about people that are influenced, are, are, in, are, are, are under the spirit of Jezebel. They have a parent wound in their life. Every person, I have not... Sister Gill and I have not encountered many of the Jezebel spirits that are, I would say, possessed by it. We have encountered quite a few that are influenced by it. But when you begin to study, you will find that someone was under a wound long before they accept that influence into their life. 
If you have a wound of a father or you have a wound of a mother, you need to take that to the heavenly father and lay it at his feet and say, I turn it over to you because I don't want to be like them. I don't want to manipulate like them. I don't want to be controlling like them. I don't want to be insecure like them. I don't want to roughshod everything over everybody else like them. I want to take care of that wound so I don't step into the influence of Jezebel. Y'all with me today? So the Jezebel spirit, some things you need to know about the Jezebel spirit, it's uncovered and unsubmitted. It also is open to a wound of a parent or an authority. Jezebel in history was a devout worshiper of the most base and revolting form of idolatry. She hated Jehovah and was set to destroy all worship of the Jews. She killed the priest uh, uh, and she destroyed the worship. Amen. Jezebel slaughtered the true prophets of the Lord in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 13. Here's something else you can mark it down that you will find in Jezebel is Jezebel is out after the ministry of God and anybody who is under authority of God that is working as an under shepherd. Amen. What happened when there was fire that fall from heaven and Elijah called fire down from heaven? You would think that Jezebel would have repented. No, she said, I'm going to kill you, Elijah. I'm going to destroy you, Elijah. That is the nature of Jezebel, is out to destroy those that have authority. And here's why. Because that spirit is jealous of that anointing, jealous of that authority, and jealous of that power. And here's something else that Jezebel needs and usually has. Let me just stop here and say this. I want, I want to say this. Very, y'all, y'all know I love, I, love, I, love, I love the people of God, don't you? I love people in general. It's humanity I can't stand. I, 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 I have seen it, but Jezebel does not, the spirit does not just operate in women. It can operate in men. That spirit... I can operate in a man or it can operate in a woman. But here's one thing that that Jezebel spirit will always have. It will always be connected to an Ahab. It will always have something in its life that empowers it. You don't don't see Ahab as being powerful, but Ahab was the, the husband that allowed the Jezebel to just do her own thing. He allowed it because he got shouldn't have got off my notes. He allowed it because he got something out of it. And if you find a mousy, mealy husband that has married to a Jezebel spirit, the reason he allows it is because he's getting something out of it. I've watched it. A church that we pastored not here, somewhere south of here. A church that we pastored had a couple in it that had some of the greatest potential that I've ever seen between a man and a woman singing, preaching, worshiping, playing, and oh, such power. But she was influenced and operated under a Jezebel spirit. The very first thing that she did is come and tell my wife how to run the music. Jezebel spirits love being a part of something brand new because they will step into an authority that they didn't have before. 
So they'll begin to say, hey, this is how you ought to do this and how you ought to do that. And, and, and it's not with compassion. It's not with a, a sincere spirit, but it's with control. Let me tell you how, to, how you ought to do it. We, 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 were, we were not in our first pastorate, but, but we should have known better and seen something. But I'll tell you what the Lord did to me is that we were in a prayer meeting one day and I walked by. And we were praying like we do here, and there was some sitting and some walking and some kneeling, and, and I walked by, and, I, and, and she, was, she was sitting next to her husband. And when I walked by, I saw her husband, and then she disappeared. She disappeared completely, became just, just I could see where she was, but I could see right through her. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is because of how she feels. Can I tell you, Jezebel's spirits began with insecurity. It begins with, begins a wound of a parent. It begins with a wound of, of, of I'm hurt. And then it leads into insecurity. And yet they become the most outspoken, dominant, Oh, I wish, I wish. First Kings, did I give you First Kings 21? All right, throw that up. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness. If there ever is an Ahab that decides I'm standing up, he's going to face an issue. But normally, Ahab's allow Jezebel. You know who Ahab's were in Thyatira? The whole church. Because they were empowering Jezebel to teach and to preach and to, to lead and to influence and, and show the people. Yeah, they were good. They had their, their, they had their, their, you know, their, their groups going. They had everything happening. But Jezebel was teaching and preaching, and she was so far out of order, and yet there was Ahab. I don't want to be an Ahab and allow Jezebel to operate. Hallelujah. I said, I don't want to be an Ahab and, a, and an empower a Jezebel spirit because what Jesus said is that you tolerate Thyatara, the Jezebel spirit. And the moment that you begin to stand against the Jezebel spirit, you're going to expect an attack. He said, but he sailed himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. That's the Jezebel spirit. Let's talk about how Jezebel operates from the, book, uh, from the letter to the Thyataras. <clears throat> the Jezebel effect, again, can either be a direct dominion of a demon or the influence of that same spirit. It can manifest itself in both male and female. But it's about gathering influence. It's about gathering power. He said, you sufferest that woman Jezebel, listen to this, which called herself a prophetess. One of the revelation of the Jezebel effect is self-promotion and self-position. She called herself a prophetess. I want to say this clearly with authority that, that the Lord has given me in, in my ministry, if you see somebody that demands to be called something of a gift or an office, and they demand that of you, you look closely, and you will find the Jezebel spirit somewhere close by. If you find somebody that is 
all about self-promotion. I wish there was no such thing as a, as, a, as a thing on your phone to do a selfie. Mm. You're going to love me today. I'm convinced a lot of selfies are more about that person wanting accolades. And they post things. Lord, somebody's... Things are going through this gill brain right now. When you see somebody that posts something about poor me, how awful I am, how horrible I am, that's pride. When you see somebody post about how smart I am, how great I am, that's pride. Amen. Pride is a prerequisite to the Jezebel spirit. And I told you at the outset, one of two primary spirits that are operating today is the spirit of Jezebel. You wonder why there's so much narcissism that floats around our world today? It's because Jezebel is at work. Jezebel is at work. And I've come to tell the, the spirit today, listen, you're, you're getting notice. He's the king. He's the son of God. He's the one that has got eyes like fire and feet like brass. Not you, old Jesse. When somebody is about self-promotion and self-position, you can rest assured that their alignment with the kingdom is out of order. Jezebel craves to be famous and well-known. Craves it. She will use whatever means, position, possible to get that respect. She will tear down people. She will bully people to get the respect. She craves to be famous. She will use whatever she can because that spirit, if you ever have noticed is that spirit is jealous of anybody who has true anointing, anybody who has true uh, uh, calling and true respect and influence. Amen. I want to tell you today, Jezebel wants her own, his own influence that, that he thinks or she thinks the way to get it is to tear down other people. Self-promotion. She called herself a prophetess. That's the Jezebel effect. She is teaching she is teaching, for the scripture says, you have allowed her to teach. You have allowed her to teach. She is teaching. Teaching is imparting knowledge. And to Jezebel, knowledge is her primary power. She craves influence. And Jezebel will go after influencing other people by one of two ways, manipulation and intimidation. Jezebel's spirit attempts to be the expert in the room so that the other people, here's what I see Jezebel saying to that church. I see her saying, now listen, you need to go on down there to Apollo Temple and, and go ahead and worship so you can have a job. God wants you to have a job, so go on down there and worship. Go ahead. Sleep with that person. It's okay. It's perfectly fine. Amen. God wants you to be happy. She uses her knowledge to try to sway people to idolatry and to do things that is unseemly. Amen. I want to say today we need to stand up against the teaching, the influence, the expertise of the Jezebel spirit. She calls herself a prophetess and is teaching false doctrine. 
Brothers and sisters, that's really witchcraft. She's operating in witchcraft. She's operating in witchcraft. She is operating in witchcraft. And God said, you need to stop that, allowing her to teach. Tell her to be quiet. Go on. Get out of here. She is teaching so she can seduce my servants, the Lord said. She's causing other people to believe a lie. She lives a lie and makes it the truth. And so she causes others to believe a lie. The spirit of Jezebel is a master deceiver. Lies are used to to manipulate and control and to seduce. Seduction is what is her way of ushering those into idolatry. Here's what I know about the Jezebel spirit as well. Amen. Jezebel spirits operate like the old character of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They can be so nice. You the best thing since sliced bread. I'm going to tell you how great you are, how wonderful you are, and then flip on a dime and cut you down and destroy you because they're better than you are. They are above you. They're more spiritual than you. You know, that's the thing Jezebel plays is that I'm more spiritual than you. Let me tell you how you ought to do it. Let me tell you how you ought to be. Amen. I am telling Jezzy, you're getting noticed today. Amen. I don't think she's operating in this church. I'll be telling, I'm, 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 I'm being, we've got some issues, but it isn't Jezebel. I'm just letting Jezebel know you're not allowed at MPC. You're not allowed at MPC. A church on fire kicks Jezebel out the door. Jesus said, she seduced my servants. I know of a story of a man that had a pretty good-sized church that hired a lady to be his assistant, and she started seducing him, sexually seducing him. Can I just tell you this? I know Jezebel can operate in men and women, but there's nothing as ugly as a Jezebel that uses seduction to get her way. She seduced him, seduced him, seduced him until they slept together, and after the first time they slept together, she stood up and said, okay, now, Unless you hire my mom, unless you do this to my family, unless you give me this, unless you give me that, I'm going to make this public. That is the spirit of Jezebel, and Jezebel is out to destroy the servants of God. She is out, that spirit is out to destroy the authority that is in the church. That's why I believe if you will track most preachers who fall uh, 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 morally, if you look around somewhere close, you will find a seductive voice that whispered to them. And it may be even the case that they're the Jezebel themselves. I don't know. But you're going to find that spirit because Jezebel's spirit of rebellion walks with the spirit of perversion. So she, she, she wants a servant of God to commit fornication, perversion, abuse of God's design, sexual practice. Jezebel is okay with meaningless infidelity. It's just meaningless. You sit in front of that screen 
foam, whatever it is. This is meaningless. It doesn't hurt anybody. It's, just, it's okay. That's the spirit of Jezebel that's telling that. Amen. Jezebel says, uh, you, can, you can practice whatever sexual practice you want to have. Amen. But what she's doing is causing the servants of God to embrace idolatry and commit fornication. Go all the way back to the, book of, uh, to the end of the book of Revelation, and you will find that that Jezebel is known as Babylon. And those that were of the nation have drunk the wine of her immorality and have braced the wine of her immorality. It is happening today. That spirit is influencing in our nation, and he's coming to the church to try to influence the church. But somebody needs to say, I am going to submit to Jesus Christ, I am under his mission. So Jezebel is a self-promoter. Jezebel is a teacher who uses knowledge and power. Jezebel is a seducer. Jezebel is also a cook. It says that she causes them to eat things sacrificed in the idols. What that speaks to me is that Jezebel wants to set the agenda. She wants to set the table. She wants to be able to set this is what it is. This is how it is. Amen. The Jezebel spirit, amen, finds people who don't have a crucified flesh and starts influencing. Here's the way you can fight the Jezebel spirit. Go after Christ. Worship Christ. Stay under his authority. Stay under his power. Amen. Jezebel cannot get to you if you're under the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. So if who's going to set the agenda? He does. Where does my agenda come from? The word of God. Amen. Where does my, my plan come? Where does my meal come from? My meal comes from what he prepares for me because he said he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm telling you I'd rather eat from his kitchen then the Jezebel kitchen author Steve Sampson said when you're dealing with the Jezebel spirit perversion of some kind is always present whether it involves idolatry extreme manipulation perverted sex sex or hatred of authority unquote Jude writes in the epistle of Jude where he says in verse 7, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner themselves are giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh and have set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despising dominion and speak evil of dignities. The spirit of Jezebel is to attack, 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 and attack. And if she cannot or he cannot attack directly, then it's control, manipulation, domination, intimidation. The spirit speaks, uh, seeks for preeminence, affirmation, power. Let me give you, if you're taking notes, let me give you six primary evidence of the spirit of Jezebel. Are you ready? Six primary evidence of the spirit of Je Jezebel. Insecurity, rejection, pride, arrogance, manipulation, 
and control. Insecurity, rejection, pride, arrogance, manipulation, and control. Thyatira, you're a good church. You're working to get better. But here's one thing I've got against you, the Lord said. You are tolerating the spirit of Jezebel. But look what Jesus said, continuing in his letter in verse 21 of Revelation 2. He said, I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Let me just say, Jesus is long-suffering, even with the Jezebel spirit. He gives the Jezebel, those that are operating in this manner, a long time to repent. But can I just tell you, you cannot talk Jezebel out. You cannot educate Jezebel out. You cannot, pl you cannot play Jezebel out. You cannot manage Jezebel out. She has to repent. That means she has to see the need or he has to see the need in conviction. said, I gave her space to repent. She didn't change her direction. She didn't change her behavior. Now, I say she because this was a real woman in the book or in the church of Thyatira. Just like Lydia was a real woman, so is Jezebel a real woman in the church. And the Lord said, I gave her a chance to repent. I gave her a chance. Let me just say, if you have any inclination or any thought and concern that you might have the, the spirit of Jezebel influencing you, then go ahead, repent. Go ahead and say, Lord, change my direction. But usually the one that has the spirit of Jezebel will say, ain't me. There's nothing about me that seeks that. that I, I, no, I'm okay. But the spirit of Jezebel has got to repent. Get, or the person who is influenced by the spirit of Jezebel has to repent. And then because she did not repent, verse 22 says, Behold, I will cast her into a bed. Mm. And them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. This is, I believe, a great parallel between Romans chapter 1, where the Lord said, because they wanted this, because they wanted this, and because they wanted this, I gave them over to it. I gave them over to their lust. I gave them over to their vile affections. He is saying, Jezebel, you want this? I'm putting you in the bed with those that you are already in the bed with. But let me just say this, tribulation's coming. There's coming a time that that which is now bringing you pleasure is going to give you pain. There's coming a time where that which gives you all kinds of joy, amen, and you may feel like it is okay, it's going to bring you horrible, horrible consequence. I'll put you in bed with those that you commit adultery with. Wow. He said, except they repent of their deeds. Then look at verse 23. This one floored me when I was studying this. Can I just say this? that the, Those that operate in the spirit of Jezebel not only harm themselves, they harm their children. They harm their children. Those that, that I have come in contact with that operate or are influenced on the spirit of Jezebel, they're poor old kids get the brunt of her ire or his ire. And listen to what the Lord said. The impact on your children is I will kill her children with death. 
It's going to be, affect your children. It's going to affect your... What do you want to pass on to your children and grandchildren? What do you want to pass on to your children or grandchildren? And then he says, and all the churches shall know. What he's talking about is all these others that he's writing to. It's going to be known that I am he which searches the reins in the hearts. Let me just say this. The spirit of Jezebel will not stay hidden. It will come to light. It will come to light. And God can use, I have seen it in my ministry over and over again, how that those think that they're hiding what they're doing and the Lord just pulls a thread over here and here it comes up in a way they never thought. They may never be seen. Nobody knows where they're at. Nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody, it's all hidden. Manipulation is hidden. Fornication hidden. Adultery hidden. Idolatry hidden. But the Lord says, no, I'll bring it to light and all the churches will know. Can I tell you what Paul said about the elders? He said of the elders, he said, first of all, receive not an accusation against an elder without two or three witnesses. Somebody say eyewitnesses. So it's what that means. Unless you've got an eyewitness. Where was I the other day? I was pulling out of a building. I can't remember if it was a bar or if it was something. I was pulling out of a building, and I thought, someone's going to see me right now. I, for the life of me, cannot remember where it was, but I remember, Brother Keith, I was thinking, Somebody going to see Pastor coming out of this right now. My car is coming out of this parking lot, and is somebody going to see it? Oh, yes, indeed. Looky here. Looky here. Y'all, excuse me. Oh, she's awesome. Uh, sorry you didn't get to do that. That's my grandbaby. But I was pulling out, and I thought, somebody going to see me? And I have seen it. I know how Medora is. And one thing pulls to another and tells another. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Jezebel spirit. The Lord said, I'm not going to let it be hid. Because Jezebel will go try to hide. Jezebel will go try to hide. Jezebel will go and, and try to operate incognito with manipulation and teaching and all this kind of stuff. And the Lord said, I'm not going to put up with it. I'm not going to put up with it. Neither should you. Somebody said, neither should I. He said, I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus loved her, but she didn't repent, and so consequence comes into place. In Revelation 2 and 24, but unto you I say, unto the rest of uh, rest in Thyatira, as many have, that has not this doctrine, as many of you that are not under the influence of Jezebel and have not known the depths of Satan. That's how bad Jezebel doctrine is. It's the depths of Satan. And as they speak, I will pour upon you none other burden but that which you have already hold fast till I come. Amen. He said, you're going to be all right. I'm going to keep you in this hour. Then look at the promise. Somebody say the promise. Here's the promise to the church that deals with the Jezebel spirit. He that overcometh. What are the overcoming? Jezebel. And keepeth my works unto the end. He said, I will give, 
I'll give power over the nations. Can I just tell you what you're dealing with? If you have ever dealt with a Jezebel spirit, if you're listening or watching right now, you've ever dealt with a Jezebel spirit, it is not about this moment. It is about your destiny. It is about your future that Jezebel wants to disrupt. Amen. It is about where you're going. If you have ever sensed this in your life, the Lord said, listen, if you'll overcome that, I've got a destiny waiting for you. I've got power and authority waiting for you. I have authority over the nations waiting for you. On the other side, he said, and he shall rule with a rod of iron. The vessels, as vessels of potter, shall they be broken to shivers, even as I receive of my father. And he said, I will also give him the morning star. The problem with tolerating Jezebel is the opportunity for them to learn to exercise authority. Jezebel comes, but what God wants you to do is learn to exercise authority for your future and tomorrow. Because there is coming a day, brothers and sisters, where we're going to rule and reign with him. There's coming a day that he said, you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you a ruler over many. Jezebel wants to stop that. Uh, so Jezebel, you're not going to stop my destiny. I'm going to keep marching in the promise uh, that there is coming a chance to, amen, to rule as God would want me to rule. Would you stand with me, please? I watch sports stars and politicians and people of fame seem to be overtaken by the spirit of Jezebel because of the empowerment of position, the empowerment of fame. Lord, help today. Lord, help today. The problem is if I tolerate Jezebel, then she she is going to she is going to keep me from my destiny with the Lord amen hallelujah is anybody right now just said I'm, I, I, want, I want this insecurity off of me I don't want any chance of manipulation I don't want any wound of my past to give an open door I don't want to give a Jezebel spirit an access I don't want to become offended at authority I want to make sure that my heart is open to God and that I am submitted to his mission I am submitted to truth I am submitted to the word of God step out of the aisle right now church amen let's declare today that we are not going to tolerate we're not going to suffer Jezebel Amen. Spirit to operate in our life, in our home, in our church, wherever we may be. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.